Hi, well, welcome to the uh, Xbox World podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Matthew. I'm Rob. And uh, in a brilliant turn of events, uh, me and Mike uh, recorded a podcast yesterday. And, um, well, personally, I'm blaming Matt, um, even though he wasn't here, but it's normally his fault. But uh, none of it recorded. Actually, that's a lie. Eight minutes of the beginning. I think eight minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah. And it was such a good podcast as well, because we were talking about games, sausages, airplanes, <laughs> crashing airplanes. Meet suitcases, everything. Cannonball run. The whole thing. Like compendium. It was, bri- it was literally brilliant. But anyway, you'll never ever get a chance to hear it because Matt messed it up. So um, <laughs> I mean, we organised it because Mike's just got back from Leipzig. Yeah. And so we wanted to get him on. Uh, as it happened after we organised it, I had to go out um, to see another game so I couldn't make it. But um, yeah, so the one guy who went to Leipzig for us Isn't to it? come here and talk about Leipzig he's on the podcast. He's not here today um, because he's, uh, he's ill. Luckily, Tim uh, has sponge-like brain absorbed everything. So yeah, I absorbed everything podcast. he told me yesterday. And uh, I think the general vibe was that... Uh, Mike found it all right. Right, moving on. Uh, it was <laughs> no. He's, I think he generally found uh, the show was was pretty good. You know, it was quite a buzz about it, and a lot of games there to see. Some really good stuff, some not so good stuff. Um, I think he had less of a uh, thumbs up for Leipzig itself, um, which Rob, you'll be able to testify as a. Um, Strange, bit of a strange oh, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's. Uh, I I really like Leipzig. I think it makes Swindon look like Cape Cape Town. It's a very very strange mix of um, beautiful like old German architecture and these like concrete jungles. From I guess it depends where the bombs dropped during World War Two, as to which kind of uh, bit of building still stands. But I don't. I mean, I think sometimes your memory of a place is kind of affected by you know what kind of time you had there. Yeah. All I remember of Leipzig was like a festival of like really pretty. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls, loads of great games and lots of drinking. And the yeah. massive expense form. Yeah. No massive expense forms. I, Not this time. No, no, that was that was um that was uh E3. that was a very much a future uh, job, Leipzig. Three to a room, three to a bed. You know, wait a minute, a... wait, wait a minute. <laughs> no, we're not getting into that, Rob. We're not getting into, <laughs> into your evening shenanigans here. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I think, he, I think he had a good time. His game of the show, he said yesterday, was, um, was Street Fighter 4. Now, I don't know, I'm not really much of a beat-em-up expert, so I can't really, um, I can't really say for sure whether that's um, Mike's kind of inner fighter coming out. Um, but it certainly is very impressive. Mm-hmm. He got to play Mr. Street Fighter himself. Yeah, Yoshinero, no, no, is it? It's Ken Masters, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he got to play Ryu. <laughs> <laughs> and he beat him. And he beat him once, yeah, Twice. yeah. I think he no, had I think he lost two. Fights. I think he lost 2-1. Oh, he told me he won 2-1. No, when I think he lost. He stage when he mugged him. <laughs> yeah, beat him and beat him senseless afterwards. Um, but yeah, he, he won two games to one, so uh, I know he lost two games to one, but even that's quite a respectable showing, I think. No, nah, he sounds lost. Like a man who, <laughs> what a loser. Pal- Pal's not having that. <laughs> sounds like a man who got a, like, a sort of sympathy victory to me. Yeah, yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, Street Fighter he thought was 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 great. Uh, Bayonetta was the other big um, big thumbs up from the show, which is the sort of Sega. Is he waxing lyrical about that huge like hair demon and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, he just said that it was um, sort of. He said it wasn't like necessarily doing anything particularly new, but he just said that like, it more. takes a sort of Devil May Cry mm. template and just really cranks it up yeah. a notch. Maybe puts the Devil May Cry template onto say the God of War scale. Exactly. That's yeah. Exactly what yeah. it sounded like. Although having um, recently. Uh, played Ninja Gaiden almost to the end. I'm like three bosses away from finishing it. That's my new favourite kind of beat em up. I mean, in terms of like the combat and stuff, it's so much better than God of War or Devil May Cry. I guess my opinion, but 
it's absolutely amazing mm. and it's uh another interesting like that it makes you it actually makes you work and practice and that that you know dying is something i haven't experienced in video games really for years and years and years and and that initial frustration when you're like oh my god i can't actually do this bit because it's too difficult mm. um i just i'm a mad ninja Gaiden fan i better shut up about it now because i've literally become obsessed with it last month yeah but, uh, I, I see that as my benchmark for fighting games now but saying that bayonetta looks amazing did you because you saw it at yeah did i didn't you get to play no it? i wasn't allowed to play it was the first first like look at the game but i, I was yeah hugely wowed by it i think mike mike and, and i thoughts echo one another perfectly in that it's not doing anything new anything at all new but it just adds arms and legs and and, and even more crazy special attacks into them into the mix and there's you know more weapons more combos bigger combos more crazy pyrotechnics and um yeah it's, it's going to be a successor to sort of dante's throne yeah, so I mean, I think he was, it was a big thumbs up. Going back to Street Fighter briefly, I remember he uh, yesterday he was saying that um, everything just felt so kind of like pitch perfect in it. Everything feels like it's really been play tested. He said that a couple of the characters are a little bit overpowered, one's really underpowered, but he said otherwise they're they're absolutely sort of spot on. And he said it really brought it home to him when he went to play um, Mortal Kombat versus DC, which he absolutely hates. But um, I'm not sure it's perhaps quite as bad as Mike uh, makes it makes it out to be although he's never been a massive Mortal Kombat fan so perhaps I, I mean I think I think that Street Fighter is very much a game built for people who would consider themselves would consider themselves ha- as having a level of expertise mm. in beat-em-ups whereas uh, MK is very much for schmoes like me who kind of want an entry-level beat-em-up who they can just have a bit of a yeah. fun time with. I must say that the MK does have one of the best fatalities I've ever seen. Is like that the Joker's the one? The Joker's one is absolutely brilliant. Have you seen that, Rob? No, I haven't seen it yet. What happens, he's got like this sort of strange sort of lolloping kind of fighting style where it's like a dukes-up kind right. of um, fighting style. And what <clears> happens <throat> is that when he gets his fatality, he pulls a gun out of his, his jacket... And it goes bang, and like a, when a stick comes yeah. out at the end with bang yeah. written on it, and then the, uh, the the his opposition kind of looks at him, sort of slightly confused. Then he, he gets, laughs a bit. He's yeah, like, oh, he laughs it's a bit. It's only a joke. It's only a joke, and then he gets out a real gun and blows the guy's head off, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I just thought was absolutely I, brilliant. I, I, I'm not surprised that Mike hated Mortal Kombat. I, again, I, I I thought it was really good um, yeah. as an entry kind of level beat him up. God, you can't compare it to Street Fighter 4. Street Fighter 4 is... They're both beat-em-ups, but they're both, you know, so different. They're different, yeah. they're, they're different the audiences same. and stuff. And Street Fighter 4 just feels so organically beautiful. Mm. It feels like you think Street Fighter 2 plays now, but then you come mm. back to it and you realise how stiff it feels. I mean, it's still a great game, obviously. Yeah. Very, very stiff. Just Street Fighter 4 just blew me away. Not a big beat-em-up fan, but even I could just acknowledge... It's a different level to anything else, and I think MK's always been a bit like that. I mean, even even a few <laughs> years ago, the last kind of iterations of it. I mean, you didn't play MK to kind of really have like exact, precise kind of a fight. You know, really tactical battles. You had it so you could rip out someone's spine. It's funny. It's almost like you don't need the rounds. You just need the fatalities. Yeah. It's almost like you know, can I press up, left, right, down, Y, Y, X, quick enough? Yeah. Silly, really. I mean, the more you think about it, it's like. I must say, it's got a sort of like, maybe it's just because I'm a bit of a comics geek, which is another reason why I thought I was surprised like Mike didn't like it a little bit more is because he's also a bit of a a, a comics geek like me. But I just thought like the stuff with the Joker is so absolutely spot on that I can't help but feel like quite sort of taken in by it. The art style's absolutely brilliant. I think it's just a bit fashionable to hate on Mortal Kombat. I mean, Mike did did actually say, in in fairness, say that it looks really absolutely really really nice Mm. and like the backgrounds are really really impressive and the animation is really good but 
Yeah, I mean, they're just like, it's sort of chalk and cheese, really, isn't it? I mean, it's like almost a bit like, sort of, say, Pez and FIFA, you know. They're, totally. they're, the, the, they're football, but they're such different games, you mm. know, that you can't really, you can't even really compare them. Yeah, definitely. Did he play Resi 5? He did play Resi 5. Yeah, he didn't talk a lot about that yesterday. I think because it, it was the E3 build, which you saw. Mm. So I don't think there was a massive amount of, um, massive amount of difference between the, the code you saw and the code he saw. Although, Matt, you were talking about in the office yesterday about um, yeah, the big boss man and stuff. Yeah, was it Mike saying they're going to unveil <clears throat> the new boss, the first boss in the game very soon? Yeah. Is that um, going to be El Gigante? Well, I predict it'll be El Gigante, but Mike reckons it's some, something that's not been in the trailer. Right. I still think El Gigante... Well, El Gigante is in it, I know. I, fast. I'm, but I'm still surprised he's not more enthused about it. I mean, like, you know, who cares if it was the E3 trailer? I mean, like, Matt, if I said you could sit down and play Resi 5 now... Would you be excited? Stairs in <laughs> well, the middle distance. Next, uh, I, I would normally like kill to play Resi 5. I mean, I'm the biggest Resi fan yeah. in the office. Uh, any no, Resi no, feature. Not. Oh, I am. <laughs> he is. A- any Resi feature, you know, uh, yeah. I tend to take care of them. But um, I don't know, since, since E3, since you know, Rob went hands-on with it, since we've seen it hands-on, I almost feel like, be careful what you wish for, because mm. we just wished for Resi 4 mm. being HD. And now we've got Resi 4 in HD. It's like, See, the reason where, I asked where's you that, something else? I don't know. The reason I asked you that was because I was pretty sure that's actually what you'd say. I think you're right. There, is, there has become this, like, there's this apathy saying about it now. It's, there are so many games that like, like Dead Space and stuff like that are just like, a bit more original. Mm. And I hope there is this... I'm not saying I want Resi 5 to bomb. I'm sure it's going to be great. Blah, 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 blah. But there is, I'm glad that there is start, starting to be some kind of apathy yeah. with like, you know, freaking enduring franchises. It's like, you know... Oh, it's interesting, you haven't heard hide nor hair about anything about Zelda for ages, just going off tangent for a while. I think it's because they literally are having to take that series back to yeah. the drawing board because I think after, like, say, Twilight Princess, as good as it was... Well, the thing with Resi, Resi 5, it doesn't need to be taken back to the drawing board because that's what they did with 4. Mm. It was so good. I mean, they made the game in the generation with Resi 4. Resi 5, when it comes out, I know that it's going to... Well, I'm pretty sure it's going to be, become my favourite 360 game. I, I think it's going to be that good. Um, but right now, I don't know, I've, I've, I've been, you know, so enthused by it, by it, following all of the information that, you know, after about two years of that, I kind of just want it to come out now. I just mm. want to play it. Everything we've seen so far is stuff we've seen elsewhere, apart from the online co-op, which we've known about for over a year. It's like the minecart ride. Well, that minecart ride's in Resi 4. El Gigante. Well, El Gigante was in Resi 4. The animations are the same. The enemies are the same. Chainsaw Guy's in it again. It's, it's... It's going to be a brilliant game, but I'm not as excited about it. I think the problem they probably had was like they looked at Resi 4 and said, okay, so what are we going to bring back for Resi 5? What did the fans like? Oh shit, they liked it all. Mm. We better keep everything in it. But let's dump Chris Redfield in because he's the most popular character. Mm. But it's not, I mean, it's not such a surprise that perhaps they've gone down this route because, I mean, that is a very Japanese way of doing things. I mean, I mean, just look at the RPGs coming out at the moment. I mean, they're so old school, it's unbelievable. I've been reviewing Brothers in Arms this issue and um, me and Matt have had a couple of interesting like arguments about it and you know sort of slightly come into his way of thinking although see I really like it as a game just because I like Brothers in Arms but like we were discussing this morning it does absolutely nothing mm. you, you can look at the, the stupid PR blurb it gets with it that gives all these bullet points about what's new you know like just you can you can take cover there's destructible cover um, you've got new squads and then there's all this interactive guff that isn't true. Like, oh, you know, you'll really feel empathy with your teammates. Well, no more than before. I guess what I'm saying is it's still a great, it's still a really good game. Mm. But 
it's totally the same game. It's really. not pushing it onto the next level. No, not at all. No. And um, to that, in that point, it's been a real disappointment. I think it's probably, it's probably kind of Mike's overall impression, I think, of, of Leipzig, was there are a lot of games that are doing that, which are, are kind of not... I, I was saying to him yesterday, uh, this is kind of slightly off, off what, 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 what I was just about to say, but I mean... There's a lot of games that are not are not doing necessarily all that much, and there's a lot of games to me anyway. It seems that are promising like these radical kind of re envisionings of of existing kind of ideas. Like for example, I'm, I'm thinking of Borderlands here. Okay, it's a, it's a game with a million weapons or whatever. It's five hundred thousand weapons. Okay, but unless you get build a world that where you can use those five hundred thousand weapons effectively. Then there's no point. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's got a gimmick, which is, which is I don't I don't think it's an amazing gimmick. I mean, you got five hundred thousand weapons. Like Mike was saying yesterday, I'd rather have ten brilliant weapons mm. than five hundred thousand average ones. You know, and I think the problem with Borderlands is, well, I mean, I haven't played it, so I'm making a massive prejudgment here. But on paper, it seems to me like unless they build a world which can absolutely cater for 500,000 weapons, and that world literally is going to have to be the best gaming world yeah. ever put onto and disc. And how new, unique are they going to be? I mean, Exactly. Well, already we've seen screenshots, and they all look the same. I'm playing pure right now, and literally you can customise your ride. But if I take off this handlebar and I put on, say, this, the next handlebar in the option list, that in, probably in Borderlands World would be classed as a, a different weapon, yeah. you know, a different bike in this case. It's not. It's the, same. It's, it's the same, but just with a different handlebar. So, like with the weapons, you're probably just going to have a different trigger. And I, it's like, oh, it's I think it's, but this problem's been pertinent in games for years. I mean, <clears throat> I just just um, finished Sonic Chronicles, which is the big, eagerly awaited Bioware Sonic RPG. Is it Chronicles or Dark Brother? What's Sonic Chronicles? The Dark Brother. Okay. It's a crap name. Anyway, <laughs> um, and this is a problem that P RPGs, for instance, have had for years. Basically, you can have ten companions. But how often do you fully utilise that range of talents? You've got, say, a party of four and ten companions, or 20 companions to choose from. But if, if you only use the same... You, what the game needs to make you do is use those weapons. Yeah. That's the sign of a good game and intelligent that makes you never, never comfortable about like a party selection or a weapon selection, make you need to use those weapons. And, and Borderlands, Borderlands, to me, just seems like a... It's more like Diablo, like it's a cheap throwaway trick. You'll be killing people all the time, there'll be a new weapon, you'll have a look at it, and you go, all right, I'll just change that mm. for that one. And that's the thing, I think, that's where it'll shine. But um, it's an interesting concept, and I think it's bad game design if it gives you all that stuff. There's no point putting loads of choice in if the gameplay doesn't dictate yeah. that you... Do you know what I mean, though? It's, been nice. it's like sort of <clears throat> game developers are kind of say, yeah, but we've got 500,000 weapons, or we've got 10 million miles of, of terrain. Mm. And it's like... You look at Call of Duty 4, for example. I mean, Call of Duty 4 is last five hours, six hours tops, okay? But that is five or six hours, which is, at, well, apart from a couple of moments, absolutely unbelievable, totally spot on, the whole thing, okay? Now, would you rather play five... I'm not writing off Borderlands or anything like it. I'm just talking generally, but would you rather play five or six hours of unbelievable Call of Duty-style gameplay... Or would you rather have a Just Cause-style environment which looks amazing and has massive potential but has absolutely nothing in it? That's my worry with these games where it's like on such a vast, vast scale is that that's great. That's great. You know, but the only game that's ever really taken that, that scale and put enough stuff in it is like something like San Andreas. And even that, you've got great swathes of countryside where you're doing absolutely bugger all. Same thing with Oblivion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're riding like five or six minutes on your horse between 
events, yeah. you know? I, I think lots of developers, are, because of the technology available to them, they're really trying audacious stuff, but I think some, at some point they run out of time or budget or they've got pressure on them by the publisher to, to get something out, and so they're not quite getting it right. Absolutely, and here's the thing, <clears> Rob, <throat> is that there's not, they're not going to have the amount of time. If, if you're making a, making a game that is... 100,000 square miles wide or whatever the hell it is. <coughs> you're not... I mean, you need, like, 10 years to, mm. to f fill that with anything. I, I'd rather I'd rather they just pared down stuff. I'd Absolutely. rather we didn't have 500,000 weapons. I like the idea of kind of customization stuff. Don't get me wrong, but there's no reason you couldn't have 10 weapons and be able to customise those and it not be such a big... I don't think we're going to see Borderlands for a long, long time, speaking personally. I, I mean, really, it's supposed really to be out really end of next year. I mean, Gearbox's track record... They got too much on as well. I mean, they're supposed to have Halo Four now, or they're in negotiations yeah, to make yeah, Halo yeah. Four. I mean, Brothers in Arms is just there's no. I don't understand why that game took two and a half years to make. I mean, like you say, there's nothing in it that's that's remotely kind of. The, the stuff that they were getting all excited about two years ago now just looks a bit embarrassing. It's like mm. everyone has since done all that stuff and, and like kind of better. I mean, I love there's a new Bazooka crew and I love blowing up the church tower that you get to see about a million times in all the various trailers, but. It just feels like a really cheesy set piece. And it's like, you look at like the Gears of War E3 trailer. Now, I know no game can really stand up to like Gears of War 2 in terms of production values, but you see there's more going on in the corner of your eye, set piece-wise, mm. in, in like yeah. one second in that game than there is in the entirety of, of Brothers in Arms. And mm. it's, I, I've just reaffirmed what I said a long, time about, a long time ago about Gearbox, that they're a really good developer, but they're not, they haven't proven to me that they're like a, a Bethesda or, no. or a rock star yet. And I mean, if you, even look, if you yeah. look, even look at Bethesda, okay, Oblivion was such a massive, um, a massive environment with such a lot in it, but they pared stuff down for Fallout 3. I mean, Mike was saying yesterday that, you know, it's quite a, it, it's quite, it's not big, but it's dense. There's a lot of stuff to do in that, mm. the area. And, and that's, I think that's the way to play it is that, you know, you can create a massive environment, but then you've got to fill it. But if you create a, a fairly contained environment, but make it dense, there's mm. a lot of stuff to explore, there's different levels and stuff, that's the, way to, that's the way to go. And I think that's the way games need to go, because I think the danger is games are going to get more and more kind of like, I mean, Fuel from Codemasters has just been announced. It's like a go anywhere, do anything kind of racer, you know, in the same sort of a bit like Test Drive. But I mean, Test Drive, I mean, I know that some of, the, some of you guys in the office like it, but I mean, for me, Test Drive, you drove around a lot. And it's just like, well, I'm driving around, so what? I do think it's interesting how there are more and more games that are getting bigger and bigger. But the ones that everyone's getting excited about are the, the smaller, the compact games, mm. like Portal or, or Braid, or the, just um, Sony have got a really good idea with PSN. What they're doing, they're getting like games like Siren and the new Ratchet and Clank uh, Quest for Booty, I think it is. Um, that's a great, <laughs> great name. name you know sell them for sure I've got a DVD called that yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure that's your life uh, life mantra isn't it Rob I mean they're only like a few hours long but they're selling them for like 10 20 quid a pop just make smaller shorter games same sort of production values but because you're not trying to make these massive worlds mm. they can afford the Sam and Max the, the Sam and Max episodes are a great idea mm. let's see yeah. more games taken the only trouble is that when you get talk about episodic content like you start to think about that stuff like Half-Life but somehow that episodic content seems to have almost turned into full scale game yeah like, they are uh, episode 1, 2 and 3 they're taking as long as a regular game to make and it, that to me is that could be yeah. kind of flying in the face of everything I expect from episodic content I think maybe Valve are a bit of an exception to the rule because they always take Freaking ages yeah. to get games out, but but I do know what you mean. It's kind of like it's going that way. But I mean, I just I don't want to be like a grumpy old man about people with about developers 
having ambition and stuff. No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I just do get concerned that they spend, you know, like we spend <clears> so much time talking about, oh, boy, it's got 500,000 weapons or, you know, it's like it's 10 square miles wide. Well, you know, personally, like, as a gamer, I mean, I've always, my, my sort of, um, my choice has always been for structured narrative mm. at last, you know. I mean, okay, and I haven't paid for I haven't paid for many games in the last sort of three, four years since I've been in this industry, which is great, but that's what I like. I mean, mm. I just like a really, really, really sort of, not necessarily short, but a structured strong narrative experience but then you know there's, there's room for all sorts yeah things. absolutely and i know some people will probably massively disagree with with what i'm saying here but i'd honestly rather i'd honestly rather play five or six hours of of brilliant call of duty like really really like polished five or six hours than ride 20 minutes across a, a barren wasteland trying to find something to do mm. um but anyway that's a kind of massive side talking discussion. about call of duty um very secret sources that have, have, have played quite a lot of the game. And uh, apparently, it's really, really good now. Call of Duty 5? Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the scoop from Michael J. Gapper. Oh, okay. He says that Call of Duty 5 is every bit as good as Call of Duty 4. That's he, what we've heard from someone else as well. He's quite... He's given to hyperbole as I might, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it turns out to be a lot better than a lot of people are expecting. He, he said that he played some of it and he said, honestly, it's really, like... Yeah. It is really, really Could impressive. The flamethrower is really good. Yeah, it's because they've just been given everything that Infinity Ward had yeah. with Call of Duty 4 and just like basically reskinned it. And that's what they needed to do. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we were talking about the mechanic today, the shooting mechanic, and just said, you know, it's so boring. It's a conversation that we have quite a lot. But as soon as anyone talks about an FPS, we just go, well, COD 4, Matt, you've been playing it again, haven't you? And you're yeah, saying how, how the, even though it's totally linear, how much he still absolutely loves it. I know you talk about replayability, like when people are bringing out games, they're saying, oh, <clears throat> you can play it all again because you get a different ending or you can choose to do it with this costume or whatever. Now, the mar mark of a game that has good replayability is a game that's just fun to play. Call of Duty is, is so linear. You know, there's no branching routes. You do the same thing over and over again. But it's fun to do. And I can revisit it and play the whole game again and again and it still feels fresh just because mm. the shooting is just spot on and it's all about the shooting. Mm. And just the pacing is perfect. It made me realise that I've been too too easy on games like Legendary just because, you know, they're trying and their production values are quite nice, but you realise how weak their shooting engine is compared to COD 4, and it, you might as well just go, like, everyone else, just stop. Unless you're prepared to, like, learn from these guys. I don't know, copy them. Just learn from them. Just give it up. There's mm. no point. I don't want to play your games. Yeah. The standard it's, it's been, like the playing, bar's been set so high now. It's like playing a football game where they haven't got the ball mechanics right, where you can't kick the ball properly. Like if your shooting game hasn't got good shooting, then just... They did no something point. with COD 4. They somehow, subconsciously, I don't know, they just moved the bar so much higher. I've, I've, you know, it's funny that at the time, I mean, even I read, I read our review of it like a few weeks ago in our Mac and, and Cookie loved it, obviously gave it a really good score, but I don't think he quite got it yeah. I don't think he quite got what that game's done yeah. like in my, my mindset certainly as regards mm. shooters like I think we probably undermarked it actually yeah I mean yeah. Play, I play Killzone at E3 and that game like looks amazing it is better looking than any of the game I've seen okay it's grey brands it's another, but that's another argument but the shooting's no good mm. and it's like if the shooting's no good mm. it's not going to be as good as COD 5 yeah. yeah no but Mike did say that um and I must actually personally take take back everything I said because I thought I thought Treyarch was sure to um, ask it up, and um, and they haven't at all. I mean, apparently it is absolutely impressive. I so bet I, they've got all those quotes posted on their wall, yeah. just like in a, like a footy team house. Like, you so know. I, I apologise profusely to Treyarch because uh, it sounds like they really have done a job. Although they 
possibly haven't done quite as good a job on Quantum of Solace, which is by all accounts. Oh, did he play in the end? Yeah. It's a little bit... Nah, 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 nah. What a surprise. Well, it's still sell loads. He said that it looks amazing um, and it's um, got some really nice bits and bobs in it, but it's just so generic. So no aliens in Leipzig? No aliens. That's disappointing. Yeah. That's very disappointing. Where yeah, is I mean, aliens? I mean... Yeah. Where well, is Gearbox, in there? Gearbox, in it? I won't have anything for that for a year. Yeah. Did he have any, just to digress slightly, did he have any good stories from the show floor? He any, met Duke any... Nukem. He met a German Duke Nukem, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've forgotten what he said his name was. It was literally the most German name. Dieter von Schnitzel. Schnitzelberger Burger. or something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it was a really good German name. <laughs> Casual racism. He didn't get to try any sausage either. <laughs> Sausages. Yeah, Sausages. Yeah, didn't he Sausages. say like he didn't eat for the whole week? Yeah, Mike said that... Um, <laughs> That he spent the whole week uh, eating finger food at various parties, and he said he didn't have a square meal until he until he got back to London. You, can, you, you know, you're allowed to go out and buy something yeah. with your own money. Yeah, I don't think. I think the problem is when you're a cyborg, you can't you uh, can't apply for a, a bank card. Right. Okay. Because uh, they don't. You're they, not allowed to be seen necking motor oil in front of other in front right, of those yeah. humanoids. Where is the motor <laughs> oil? My joints are seizing up. <laughs> Where is your unleaded gasoline? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, he's uh, he said, yeah, he didn't. Have, he, he just ate finger food all week, and I don't think he particularly enjoyed sharing a room with two other blokes. One one of whom snores for Britain. Yeah, I can yeah. testify to the fact that that man snores yeah, for Britain. So, um, oh bless. So yeah, but I think he, he loved the show, he loved the games. Um, perhaps less so the the, the hotel, which he said was. Uh, oh, I've wor- been in that hotel. Which is worst, worst hotel ever. Well, he said it was worse than the squat he lived in for a week. It's the worst. It's li- it's the worst. Not the worst hotel I've ever lived in. It's the worst building I've ever been in. Right. And I've been in like I've been in like tenements under the under London's the streets of London that are like filthy and rotting. It was unbelievable. Right. But Tim, you were telling us a story about I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, when you were at E three about oh, ten yeah, years back yeah. and the hotel room you stayed in. Yeah, that was a good one. Well that was another future special because um because uh, Future, obviously, the company work, work for. Um, so I probably shouldn't slack them off too much. <laughs> otherwise, I'll get sacked. Boss knocking on the door. Yeah, Big brother like, is watching you. Oh, well, they never listen to this. So what the hell? <laughs> um, Mike, uh, Mike got put up in a, a, a shat hotel. And, um, and when, when a few years ago, well, actually quite a few years ago now, probably about 10 years ago, uh, E3 used to be in Atlanta rather than L.A., and uh, Atlanta, I don't know whether anyone out there has been to Atlanta. Atlanta is one hot place. It may even be built in the middle of a volcano. It is literally <laughs> that hot. Anyway, we get there and it's, I suppose it must be about eight or nine hour flight. It's quite a lot. It's sort of not too bad, but it's quite a, quite a long, longish flight. Knackered. Um, it's really hot when we get there, but it's raining as well. So that sort of like tropical kind of... Mm, humid. Yeah, really humid. Mm. And so we're a sweaty wreck by the time we get back to the hotel. Paints a beautiful picture here. Yeah. And um, back back then, um, uh, E3 was, it was kind of like, it was big, but it wasn't like the same level of big that it, it became, you know, until a couple of years ago. So uh, I think Future sent four of us, and I was on a Nintendo mag then, so I was, I was covering all the Nintendo stuff, so... It was just four four of us guys. We turn up at the hotel. The first brilliant thing that happened was that the 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 hotel had no record of our booking. So we spoke to the 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 guy behind the the desk. He was he was probably one of the world's most unhelpful men. Um, he literally couldn't give a, a a crap about the fact that we turned up and flown nine hours to get to. <laughs> he didn't really didn't care. 
Anyway, we managed to get it sorted out eventually. Um, phoned a tw- phoned a Futures twenty four hour travel travel agent and uh, and got that sorted. Anyway, so he gives us a keys for a room. We go we go on up the stairs to a room. On the way up, we passed the bar. Really thirsty, could do with a drink, but the bar's been closed down to a violation of health and safety. <laughs> so there's no bar. So it's like, well, okay. So we pass a coke machine on the way. Doesn't work. Get to the room. <laughs> The room, I kid you not, is absolutely freezing. It must be about minus 20 degrees centigrade <laughs> in there. Yeah, the, wow. the, the aircon is on like full blast. I can only imagine it was, it's been on for about 10 years. Yeah. It is so cold in there that I, I, I had to put on two jumpers and sit in the room. When I tried to turn down the air conditioning unit, it was like one of those dial ones. Yeah. Turn down the air conditioning. The knob comes off in hand. The dial comes yeah. off in my hand. But it doesn't stop the aircon. <laughs> it just carries on. Right. Um, but what the, what the nice little cheeky after effect was that when the uh, dial came off in your hand, uh, water started leaking from the uh, air vent above my bed. So I had water leaking on my bed all night, every night for five nights. And then just to round off that whole first night, was um, the, oh, it was nice actually. You just went to sleep late and oh, you're quite tired. <laughs> Outside the hotel, go to sleep to the sound of gunshots. <laughs> So anyway, next day we're like, well, this isn't going very well. Midtown, uh, Midtown uh, Atlanta is not not really the place to be. So we go and seek out uh, our managers. There was a couple of managers went over, um, assuming they're staying in the same hotel. They just turn up a bit later. No, they're downtown on the main strip, Peachtree Avenue, which is a bit like uh, Sunset Boulevard, yeah. and they're in a massive five star hotel with a <laughs> shopping mall beneath the uh, beneath the bottom floor. <laughs> Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Man. So, um, yeah, that was my crazy, uh, crazy Atlanta. That was one. Head. Actually, I, I went to Atlanta twice for E3, and both times it was absolutely terrible. It's terrible. I had the opposite thing at a Capcom event. Um, my, I, I cranked, I don't know how it happened. I broke, managed to break our aircon unit, except it was like a heat, like had, had heat as well. And I managed to get the, uh, the thing up to like 120 degrees like Fahrenheit in there, and then it broke. It was literally like a, a tropical jungle in there. I thought I was trying to peel my skin off in the middle of the night. <laughs> I went to bed and I felt like I was, I felt I was like, I was like breaking out in the sweats, but I was really, really tired. So I went to sleep. I woke up at about three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't breathe just because the air was so hot in there. And I was like, almost, almost died. I had to run the bath, cold water. I was just like freaking strip off and jump in the bath. And I actually dozed off in the bath. Oh, really? In cold water. That's a good story. I don't have any good aircon stories to tell. No. I've got a good story to tell when, on my first press trip to Montreal. Yeah. About my my uh, Vegas two piece. Oh, yeah, about yeah. last year that. we did our yeah, Vegas yeah, yeah. two cover. How I wrote it. What did you write? Did you write in your own excrement? <laughs> Blood on the walls. Kind of, well, we were. I didn't have a computer. Right. So like. Oh, you, like I, know, I, know, I know. what you did. You wrote it on that, that keyboard. On yeah, that. yeah. So oh, like, I've we done that. In, I've went done into that. Went the hotel. Um, I thought there'd be a computer. No computer. Crap. Look at this naive young lad. There must be an internet cafe. Unfortunately, on the trip, two days in, uh, in the offices and then straight back, so no time to write it. And we were on deadline. So I had to use, there was, um, the TV had internet built into it and there was a keyboard. So I had to use that. Unfortunately, how, how bad are those things? Unfortunately, some of the keys were missing. How bad are those keys? <laughs> so I had to choose my words keys. carefully. And some, of the, <laughs> <laughs> some of the keys would stick. So like, uh, I'd press a key and it would just like write about five lines. If that wasn't bad <laughs> enough, there was, a, there was like no um, word processor on it. So I had to log on to GamesRadar and, and write, it, write it as a private yeah. message to myself. 
But oh, unfortunately, no. the web kept crashing, so I kept losing it. So I had to write like a, uh, a paragraph, send it to myself. I've, I've done, open I've, it up, I've done that. Write another one. Had to spell check it all. Like no, no spell check on it. I had to do it all myself. Good eight pages. I've done that, but never, <laughs> never to that extent. That is, a, that is a huge. Yeah. And, and that was eight pages in one night. That was a good piece as well. Till three o'clock in the morning, I heard everyone come back drunk from the great night they'd had out drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I was there with my keyboard oh. with the missing keys. I was like that doing the Godfather one there because it was Friday night. I came right next to Ruby Skies, which is like San Francisco's best nightclub. For me, I had a bit of, I had my dancing, I was like tapping away, I really wanted to go out, I had to freaking write the Godfather thing. But the worst thing was I got myself one of those Asus E's, those tiny oh. little Asus's. Lovely night, well, it's all right, it's a nice little bit of kit. But it's not like the, it's not like the smallest keyboard you could ever imagine. Now, I've got quite small, delicate hands, but even I felt like this fucking sausage-fingered freak trying to tap it. I was so, like, no swearing. <laughs> you didn't even realise you did it. I think you might have to bleep that out. Like, yeah, I'll bleep that out. Yeah, I don't think you said freaking. Yeah, I did. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's like sausage fingers. Like, if you press one key with like my finger and it like hits four at the same time, so it's like, oh, it was a nightmare. So that's that, there's the fun. I, I must just, um, it's not a keyboard story, but there was a footnote to that Atlanta story. I've just remembered it. it. Was next day at the show. I went to see Ubisoft about. This was back when Ubisoft had the world's worst games lineup. Um, it was about something. It was like oh, some shit. And um, and anyway, uh, the guy, the PR guy, says to me, "Oh, how's it going, Tim?" I said, "Yeah, it's all right, actually. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Apart from uh, apart from my hotel." He said, oh, "Where are you staying?" I said, "Oh, I'm Midtown." And his face dropped. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, away. Oh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, okay." And then I was like, "Oh, that's a bit strange," because. I mean, we'd heard a couple of gunshots the previous night, so I assumed that it wasn't a great place to be, but I was just like, all right, maybe well. He was, maybe he was the guy who was doing the shooting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, the, um, the next, next day, um, there was one, the guy with us who smoked, and um, he, went, he said, oh, I'm going to have to have a cigarette. I'm going to run out of cigarettes. So he went down to reception and said, oh, look, um, I need, you know, is there a, can I get some cigarettes? And the guy said, yeah, if you just go out of here, turn, turn right and go block down. Um, you know, there's a, like a whatever, wherever the hell you get cigarettes in the states and a news agent or mm. whatever. So okay, great. So he still went to walk away, and the guy said, "Oh, wait a minute, sir, sir, are you walking?" And he said, "Yo, I was going to." He said, "No, don't walk." <laughs> <laughs> so he got a taxi a block because <laughs> oh it was simply God. too dangerous to walk outside. Freaking hell! Well, I did. Did Mike mention anything about the trains in that hotel? No, because there's an industrial train station, like like about a mile past the hotel. But the, this is the catch. The train has to start breaking like a couple of miles before the train station, <laughs> and because they're these massive old like freaking old German freaking steam trains, they got the squeakiest iron rusty brakes. So you can hear them coming about three miles away. <laughs> the thing is, we had to have the, the windows open because it's so incredibly humid, and there's no aircon in the cheaper hotels. But there are also like eight foot cockroaches live outside. Oh, so as soon as you open the thing, they come flying in resi style. <laughs> freaking hell. I tell you what, this is a strong podcast about games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, anyway. we've gone a bit off topic, but we, we, you know, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all game related. It's all vaguely connected to games. We, I played a rubbish game last week. What was that? Uh, PDC Darts. <laughs> See, I reviewed this for a game and months and months and months ago. I mm. gave it twenty something percent because it was literally broken. Like you had to throw it with the the Wii remote and that didn't work, so it was just pointless playing did the you, game. What did you do there? Did you like make the throw it and then uh, yeah, basically follow through your throw? It's you been like... so long. I think you uh, yeah you did. You pulled it back. You held a button maybe and you yeah. released the button as you threw it forward. Does um, it work really well for like bowling in Wii Sports? Yes, it could. So you imagine yeah. it's kind of the same principle, don't you? But yeah, but I, I don't know what they did. 
with it. Anyway, on, on 360, it's just as bad, almost. It's dumpo vision, isn't it, it's on 360? Like, it's just, the mechanic is awful. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, like it's, the, it's the worst one they could possibly have thought of. I just don't know what they were thinking of. On another hand, they've got a very good likenesses of Raymond Barnabell and uh, John Part and all Tell that. Tell us about something good, Palette, you've been playing at the moment. Pure? Yeah. Pure is very, very good. Hey, I'm reviewing it for, the, for our next issue. Um, it's like SSX on quad bikes, really. Yeah, you, I mean... Rob's not, ma- not Rob's not quite as convinced by it oh, as you no, are. Oh, I, no. It's only because I like winding Matt up about it because he gets really offended and starts ranting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> No, I think, I think I've, he showed me it at lunchtime for like an hour while I kind of made I've re-gestured behind right his back. He thought he was converting me. Yeah. just mocking him inside. But no, no, no. I'm really impressed with it. I mean, visually, it actually knocks your socks off. I think... Oh, I don't know. I still think... Because he keeps comparing it to SSX and I'm like a massive SSX fan. And I think the comparison is massively valid and I totally see where he's coming from. But when he mentions SSX to me, I just think, oh, it's still not as... It's still not quite got the branching. The amount of, the amount of kind of crazy stuff you can do in SSX isn't quite there. It's like a more linear vehicle-based mm. version of it. But again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's like the best way they could have taken like the SSX mechanics and branching paths and stuff and, and put it into a, like a circuit racer. Mm. They couldn't have done a better job like, you're not going to get quite the the same variation that you do in SSX, where if you go left, you go through a town here, and if you go right, you go through, like, a forest. It's not quite to that extent. Um, but even so, like, you can have, like, ten races on one on one course, and every race just be completely different. Mm. And I, you race against 15 other people, and you were watching me racing, and you literally didn't see anyone for more than half the track, because you were all going different ways, and partly because mm. I was ahead of them all. But mm. <laughs> but, That's uh, to get that in, Rob's just shaking. <laughs> but no, I mean, there, there is a lot of variety and it's just really impressive. And all and the different kind of unique really as cool. well, isn't it, really, on, on the 360? Yeah, it is. I'm surprised that no one else... I'm surprised that we haven't seen an SSX yet. Mm. We keep trying to speak to like EA about it. You know, mm. is it happening? When's it happening? Mm. Still no official word, unfortunately. I don't know what went wrong with SSX because on... SSX3 was so good, and then they decided to change it all up for, on tour. And well, made, they put made, made it really. It, yeah. That's not so much the problem, though. They just made it really bitty. After finally going, like, oh, here's this whole mountain. This is a, what a brilliant idea this is. They decided to totally, like, MTV the front end, which looked really nice for aesthetically, but it just... And also, the game wasn't as good. And it was just, I was really, really disappointed with it. But, um, but Pure, Pure is great. But, I mean, like, like I said, I played it at E3 after Motorstorm. And I realise now, in hindsight, and I kind of did at the time, that they're very much different games. But mm. um, I'd still rather play Motorstorm mm. from what I played of it. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's learning to accept what pure is. Yeah. And it's not necessarily what you'd expect it to be. See what I mean on the game? Yeah, it's not totally. so much a racer as a... It's like more a of a trick. Yeah, exactly. yeah, totally. I mean, you've got racing events, you've got trick events, but it is more of a... If you don't like doing tricks and stuff, then it's not going to be the game for you because it revolves around that, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fair to say it's been a bit of a surprise because we, <coughs> totally. we weren't... Especially since it came out of, you know, it's only just been announced yeah. and then, then all of a sudden it was preview code was turning up, then it was review code and it was like, bosh, bosh. We weren't expecting it to be quite the level at the level it's, it's turned up as being. I mean, it's a great surprise, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we've been quite... It's nice in these heavily PR days to sort of something. To yeah, it's nice. It's like, yeah, it's very much. You don't really get that so much anymore. No, you don't. And it's yeah. quite nice when a game really turns up and really sort of blow, I think like, blows a, you away. We've had but, this question on the podcast before, haven't we? I remember saying about God of War that it literally turned up, and nobody really knew anything well, about it. Well, Goldeneye was like that. Yeah. I mean, Goldeneye turned up, it had no PR. Nintendo hardly even talked about it. 
Um, the I think the, I think I'm right in saying the film had been and gone. So yeah, it was, it was a, it's a while after. The film. Yeah, and I mean this is the, like the sort of if it was the days before DVD, even if it wasn't, it was the very dawn of DVD. So it certainly wasn't the same level of uh, of kind of home, exposure. you know, yeah, yeah, exposure and stuff. And it just turned up, and it was just amazing. And you couldn't, you just couldn't believe it. Mm. Well, Dead Space was a bit like that, wasn't it? I mean, that's your personal kind of, you know. The yeah, one that the game that you're championing, and I mean, I don't think, I don't think, and I think Mirror's Edge is like that. I mean, a lot of EA's projects now, and obviously they're a huge company, and but still, it's amazing that a couple of projects can be off the radar a little bit, and then totally. all of a sudden, really capture people's imagination. I mean, Mirror's Edge, I'm being a bit wary of because I think it's going to arrive, and everyone's going to like go out and buy it and be really into it. I think it'll score well, but I think it's not going to quite live up to what everyone thinks it is. It, it's a bit. I'm not, I'm not going to label it with being basic or anything. There's mm. just not enough there, I don't think, to, yeah. to hang an entire game on. It's going to be a bit like Breakdown on the original Xbox, mm. which was always just missing something. Mm. Brilliant idea, um, very innovative, but I don't know, not altogether there for me. But Dead mm. Space is a game that I've... I mean, I, I played it February or something, the mm. first time, and I loved it then. I've played it more and more since then. I've played probably about half the game at the moment and we're going to get final code in fairly soon hopefully mm. um and it is it's we've all thought you we said <laughs> we all thought you won the take from EA because we yeah. liked it so much but i mean it's great to see you getting well, so passionate we were it. saying earlier on about resi 5 how i'm really excited about resi 5 and when it comes out i'm sure like i'll love it more than anyone else but at the moment i'm finding it hard to get excited because there's nothing else there that i haven't seen already with yeah. dead space however there's all, all the like zero G environments. There's all the places where you've got no oxygen and you have to race through it. And the combat mechanic, the whole strategic dismemberment thing, it's resi, but with all these new ideas. And that's why I'm excited. I about think it. we're big horror fans as well. I and mean, I think there's something about space that just lends itself to yeah. horror more than anything else. Yeah. You know, space and under the water with yeah. big sharks. Yeah, no, you're right. It is a, it's a very kind of like a evocative kind of environment. Mm. And I think it's... The thing is, is that nothing good comes from people going on a, a deep space mission. Just can't come, anything yeah. good can come of that. Um, Have you seen, is it Sunshine? Have you seen Yeah. Sunshine? It's quite good, wasn't it? Good yeah, I, I did like Sunshine, yeah. It was kind of like really, um, I mean, the special effects and stuff were amazing. And like, I thought it was really interesting for an hour. I, I did think it was a bit freak of the week at the end. The ending's rubbish. Yeah, it was just like, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> for I mean, anyone I... who's kind of not, I'm not going to spoil it anymore for anyone who hasn't seen it, but <laughs> it's kind of like, um, it's, it's set up as kind of like this really cerebral kind of um, uh, sp science fiction movie, you know. And then it's a bit it, like 2001. It, it is, very much, about, yeah. yeah. And then at the end, it becomes more like Event Horizon yeah, or yeah. something. It's just like this silly sort of... What, you mean amazing? <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's like... Uh, isn't it? It's like, just like monster. Yeah. Like, Hello. I, I love Event Horizon, I've got to say. I mean, I, 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 I actually like it. When first announced Dead Space. They said it was like Event Horizon, <laughs> didn't they? We were like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what a film ripped the mick out of it <laughs> when we wrote it up as news. But um, I loved Event I think Event Horizon was one of those ones where the idea is better than the realisation. Yeah, and the last half an hour is There's rubbish. There's so many horror movies that are like that. I mean, so, and we're so, I, I am personally massively forgiving on horror movies that are like that. They're always rubbish in the end because the reality or the or the you know kind of a exposition at the end is always crap. Apart from the just, descent, the descent's got a good ending. Although you're not as into it, Tim. I know oh, I did you like, like it. I did like the descent. Yeah, I I I didn't. I like everyone went mental for it, and mm. I, I didn't think it was quite as quite as good as uh, as that. But I did yeah. like it. No, it was good. Switchblade Romance has got a good ending, or absolutely rubbish, depending on how you how you have you seen Switchblade Romance? No, I don't uh, say I have. 
I can't wait to break the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. I, I, I do remember that the, the one of the last horror films I saw, Rob. Um, I believe I might have seen uh, with you, oh, which is Land of the Dead. That was. Sh- was it Land of the Dead? No, not Land of the Dead. Diary, Diary of the Dead. Diary. Oh. Now that was shat. I oh, had to go sit through that at the cinema. Oh, so. you said I remember. I oh, went you to did. See, yeah. I went to see Land of the Dead with them um, with all the with all the games master. Land of the Dead's not too bad. It's all right. But it's after, not too bad. After dawn day and Hopper's night. good in it. Yeah, he is. It's still a bit. Oh man. When it's I think as, of that movie, I just think. Oh. It's not as bad as Diary of the Dead. Nah, that was bad. awful. Actually, Rec, Rec has got a brilliant great. ending. Have you seen right. that yet? I haven't seen it yet. No. I've given you Rec, haven't you? Yeah, you have. I got it at home. Yeah, yeah. It's just persuaded Mrs. Weaver to sit down. With it's me not and one of those it. ones you just go right. Nah. I'm in a happy mood today. Let's go watch yeah. Rec. But before that, the best horror ending was Blair Witch, I think. Oh, yeah, that was quite good. That was quite. Blair Witch is so underrated. It's such an amazing film. Yeah. Um, but Wreck was very, you know, Wreck's the first film that's really taken that template and kind of just mm. like trying to run with it mm. and done a great job. Um, I like The Orphanage actually recently, but I didn't think it had a. Not seen it. So no. Taylor's got a good ending, Maid of Honor. It's got a good ending. <laughs> Maid of Honor. Oh. Tell you what, though, I watched Senna Rambo on the plane the other day. That was a good movie. Yeah. That made me cry as well. See, we, loads of film, <clears throat> we talk about endings and stuff, and there's kind of a mix of films, but we chatted on the podcast a few episodes ago that. A lot of games really let the side down in terms of ending. I can't remember Bro- what it Brothers was. in Arms ending was... It was that, Halo 2-esque. Brothers in Arms ending was, was up there with the worst ending I've was ever it? seen. In fact, it was worse than Halo 2. Was not cutscene-wise, that was great. But the level. Oh, right, yeah, the cutscene. I don't think I'll be spoiling this and say you're just in a tank. And the show is there are these tank... They used to have a tank squad, like you have a bazooka squad and a machine gun squad and stuff in Brothers in Arms, and you'd actually get a tank to command, so you'd like, tank, suppress that machine gun or whatever. They've taken that away now, I and mean, instead they've placed the tank in like a standalone mission. So you know those rubbish bits in like the Call of Duties where you would just get to drive a tank around for five minutes? They're a bit like that, only like a million times worse. And one, I'm not even sure what they're doing in the game. I said in my review, I've just been writing that, they're like the vehicle bits in, Call, in um, Army of Two that got taken out because they were crap. Mm. But they're, they're worse, they're than, worse that. than that. Right. And, but anyway, the last mission's one of them, and it's just the most, you just sh- basically just shoot. You just shoot some guys with a gun for mm. two minutes and then yeah. it kind of goes, <laughs> just gives you another one of its countless achievements and ends the game. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. But, you know, a good ending. I mean, there are, there are some great endings. I mean... Call of Duty 4 had a good ending. Again, oh, so that was amazing. I know you harp on about Call of Duty 4, but... Well, the, you mean the, the epilogue ending? Yeah. Well, both. Well, both. Both, yeah, both yeah, absolutely. Really yeah. Hitman Blood Money. That's a good ending. I like the ending. Yeah, that's a very clever ending. Bioshock had a rubbish ending. Yeah, yeah. I might get to see that one day. GTA, GTA had a, had a I, had, I think it had a, well, depending on which mission you took, it had quite a, quite a decent ending. Yeah. yeah. Halo 3's ending was all, oh, that was, that was, that was the escape from that planet, wasn't it? Wasn't Halo it? 3, I, I was a bit disappointed because they were trying to do the first Halo and it just didn't quite work as well. I, that made me laugh. I was just playing that in co with my brother and it's just falling, we just kept falling, the plates kept breaking, we kept falling to lava. Just very, it was hilarity. But, but yeah, but I mean, I think there's a, there's a really weird, like, um, there's a sort of 50-50 split almost between even the AAA games and in terms of, like, decent endings mm. and bad ones, and I don't know. I think anything that, where they know they've got a sequel coming, they just automatically fail with it, because they all try to do a to-be-continued and leave you hanging, which is fine on, like, Lost or something for a week or even in between yeah. seasons, but if you're waiting four or five years for a game, and that's, that's shocking. And that's exactly why something like The Matrix is so good the first one is because they didn't realize i mean they say oh yeah it was always part of a trilogy yeah of course it was 
It wasn't. I mean, they had no idea it was going to be part of a trilogy until the first one was so successful. And that's why the first one is so brilliant and the other two aren't. It's because the second one's totally set up. The, the second one and the third one are basically... Lord of the Rings worked pretty totally, well, though, in terms of standalone films. Yeah, it did. But I think it... Yeah, it, it did. But uh, it was always... Like, I mean, the, the first one... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But the first one ends with, with Frodo and Samwise looking over at Mank thingy. Mm, yeah. So it's not a set up for the oh, second yeah, one. You know, whereas yeah. what I mean... I agree with Matt. I think you know games should be more like close, close. That is close because you know if you look at something like The Matrix, that closes. He looks down the corridor, all the numbers come up. Job done. Mm, he's yeah. he's he's, in, he's he's got a handle on the Matrix, you know. Mm. And 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 I think games should be the same, really. I think when especially you, if you're paying forty, fifty quid. Exactly. Yeah, you're not paying forty, fifty quid to go to the cinema. So games have even more of a responsibility to. Uh, to give you a I, I think you are underestimating though that, that fanboys love all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, it's it gives them something to sort of like think, waffle on about. I, on I their think forms, they do right? if it's like if it's like Halo Two, then yeah. If you've already built up a mythos and a kind of um, following to the game, then that's one thing. But if it's just a game, if it's like well, Mass Effect, then uh, that should you know that should have a proper end. Actually, I think we just all missed out the main the main offender, which is probably too human, which is where the only time it starts to get good. Is right at the end mm. because it's all in preparation yeah. for this sequel that we're not even sure is ever going to make it there I because the game's met with such a sort of a, a sort of you know sort of mediation it's, it's response. Out. It's out. When's that out? It's out uh, this Friday. Friday. It's Friday. It'll be interesting to see how it does. Actually, I think it'll probably do all right, but I'd, it's not going to set the world on fire. And it's had ter- terribly average reviews. Yeah, the, I, mean, I we think people are just so disappointed with it. But, but it I think it's absolutely perfect, perfect example of a game that's like you know you, I hate it when someone goes. You know, they announce this series and go, yeah, we're, we're aiming to make three of them. Well, you know, if we can... Make one. Make yeah. one, and we'll see if it's good. We'll and see then how it you, goes. Then, yeah, no, exactly. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. Should we have some questions then, Pelle? Yeah. In fact, before we do that, should we just talk about our next issue, which is out on Wednesday? No. Okay. Question. Uh, yeah, no, no we, uh, we can. The issue out Wednesday. In, in the next issue, we've got an exclusive review of FIFA. Uh, we've got exclusives on Project Origin. Um... Mercenary Saints Row. We've got got quite a few little interesting bits and bobs looking at some of the characters that our fans have created in Soul Calibur. Picked up a few sort of cheeky little interviews with a couple of big names as well. Yeah, we've got a bit of Molyneux, a bit of Cliffy B. Clifford B. Um, got an interesting little take on... Uh, lots of sexy ladies in the news section this month, aren't there? Well, I don't know about lots. There's, there's definitely there's two. There's definitely <laughs> two. Um, or one, actually. Oh, no, two. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah. But... Um, Pellet has a look at um, the RPGs coming out of Japan um, and gives the feature one of the worst titles I think has ever got through the final check-in process in, uh, in the history of the magazine. Well, you'll you, feel that. The one that you keep repeating, though, and then laughing. <laughs> and then laughing at, yeah. yeah. Um, we got a ton of reviews, um, a ton of previews, rather, of uh, new stuff. Look out for one of my best ever puns in the news section as well. Yeah, that's got, that's got a good... Uh, you can hear me, re- keen, keen-eared uh, uh, listeners may hear me... T- <laughs> Turning through uh, the He's just looking at the porn at the back. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> some good porn at the back. Um, and then we have a look at... Mike has a look at the 10 hard, most hardcore games on the, uh, on the 360. Um, and boy, <laughs> these games are hard. When he, when, he, when he suggested he wanted to do a feature on hardcore... Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The first, the first uh, examples he brought in weren't quite what we were. We've got a, we've got a review of... Um, we've got a load of reviews, actually. But one of the games we do review is Supreme Commander. 
which uh, which readers will obviously know, is uh, the RTS ported over from PC. You're a big fan of the graphics on that. I must you? say that it's probably got the worst graphics I've ever seen in my entire life. Until you life. turn over six pages and see the Summer Athletics review. Honestly, I think it's worse than Summer Athletics. Look at this screenshot. <laughs> For the benefit of our readers at home. For the benefit of our readers at home, uh, you'll see it in a couple of days. It's a beige piece of... I think it's, it's a, a spinning snow- top, isn't it? I think it's a snowscape, but... Yeah. Um, I. It looks like a UFO, but it's literally got the most low-res textures of any anything I've ever seen. It just looks shite. But, um, <laughs> and, that, and that is my damning verdict. Um, but yeah, we got a load of, load of reviews, um, some other stuff, a bit of this, I'm a bit sure of the that, Supreme Commander developers will be diving. massively happy about that. Um, I'm, not, I'm not passing comment on the game. I'm just saying... The, just the graphic artist. Visually, it is, it is not good. Uh, and there's the end of the mag. Job done. <laughs> Don't need to buy it though, do they? No, we're just giving them a taste. It's all good. Right, so we have some questions then. Um, That's no a questions. spirit. That's a spirit. Oh, no. no um, I was. Ah, here we go. This um, was something we actually started talking about at the start of the podcast. The Hunter 160 wants to know if there have been any big games that have divided... Hang on a sec. He's that, he's that guy who set up that popularity yeah. poll on the forum. No, I just got to pick, pick, <laughs> got to pick up not, about this. I'm actually going to leave in protest. Yeah, we're not, we're, not, we're not answering questions by this guy. No. What's wrong with the popularity poll, guys? Well, Gem's got more votes than me and you. Uh, listen. Put together. I, uh, every, week on this po- every, other, <laughs> every other week on this podcast, I tell great stories. And not one of you douchebags out there yeah. can be bothered to I vote get bullied. I get bullied. That, but do I get anything for it? No. I get bullied too. Yeah, but you get, at least you get marks I'm for it. I'm officially divorcing everyone out there. Yeah. You just, you lot make me sick. <laughs> I don't want to go that far. We do need them to buy the mag, Rob. <laughs> but, I, Josh, um, I Josh, of course. Yeah. I've never been popular. It's, but, it's not um, something I'm, it's not so yeah, really, Hunter, yeah, thanks for saying that. I really appreciate Thank that. Thank you very much, mate. Like, what's his question? I, I quite like it, actually. Yeah, that's because uh, you voted for yourself. Hmm. Voted for himself. Voting, logged in under about five different users. Yeah, that is that himself. is an absolute one hundred percent truth. <laughs> yeah. Is that Pellet voted for himself four times and he's got four no, votes? I no, I didn't. Although I would like the people who voted for me to actually say on the forum who they are. So that these guys. What I want to know. Is what I, I didn't. Want, nothing against myself. him. What I want to know is who votes for Jem. How many? How many of these podcasts has he been on? I think they just Two. liked his accents last week. Apart from one guy who didn't like his accent. Really? Which what accent was that? Uh, probably all of them. He just didn't like his accent for right, a okay. Je- Jem actually got offended about that, by the way. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's why he's going to hospital tomorrow. <laughs> right, let's have a... Can, can we say the Hunter 160 yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let him off. We'll let him off. Um, he was saying that um, he was arguing with his friend about how good GTA 4 is, and he wanted to know if there are any big games that have divided the office. I would say almost all of them, to be honest. Well, I'd say, that, I'd say we get... Like, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd say that crap. we get um, we we often argue about games. I don't know that we're mass always massively apart on our sort of scores. Like you might come in and say, "Oh, I think it deserves seventy two, yeah. and then Rob will say, "I think it's probably a bit more than that, like seventy five, seventy six. So it's not like this deserves eighty, this deserves twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, although yeah, I'd say Assassins is probably the last game where we really. Brothers in Arms is as I yeah. Mean... I mean, for Assassins, Mike and I are real big fans of the game. You mm-hmm. really weren't as as keen on it. I I, I think it's um. Yeah, I don't want to get into this again. I, just, I, don't think it's, I think it looks amazing. It's the most beautiful game I've ever seen. And there are loads of bits I like mm. about it, but I just don't think the actual game itself is particularly that good. But yeah, Brothers in Arms, who are quite divided on, certainly running up to the review. Mm. I think we're all kind of back in tune now after yeah, the review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but no, Pez FIFA. It's got to be the main one, surely. Mm. Yeah. Mike and I are very much FIFA guys now. Um, See, I, I expected a Mike because he likes to. He's a big, he's a bit of a bandwagon jumper, love him. But you're, <sighs> you're, you're a little bit more. I'd expect a bit more level-headedness from you. I can't believe <laughs> you think. I just can't believe you think FIFA's better than Pez. Um, well, we haven't got new Pez in yet, so we can't say for sure. Well, I can't say for sure this year. But I don't know. It's just I, I started off as FIFA. I really did. I started off loving FIFA, but it's just. I do feel like it broke too easy. What, FIFA or Pez? Uh, Pez. Right. It, it, just, it just totally broke for me. And I'd just be doing the same thing. And like, when we were playing it every day, and that's the real test, you play it day after day, day after day, FIFA still holds up after months of playing it. No, like it that. doesn't. I think, I think I'd solve this argument by saying, you, if you went back to the PS2 iteration, the last, last but one PS2 iteration of Pez, that's better than all of them. Mm. And I prefer them to all of them. Here's the thing, Pellet, is that both games are, um, are, are broken. Both games are uh, inherently buggy. Mm. And, uh, and both games have got their fair share of problems. My, my take on it is that FIFA has got one game-crippling fl- flaw, which I'm not going to go over it again, because I always go over about the, the, the gap between midfield and defence in FIFA. But that is the game-crippling flaw in FIFA. Well, my game-crippling flaw with FIFA is that it's just a bit too slow. Just I don't think it is po- anymore. It feels a bit more ponderous. Like, like the, the UEFA uh, the, uh, Euro game. I just uh, feel like uh, I'm in more pace. control of my players with Pez. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm with you, Rob, because yeah. I'm a Pez, ma- Pez man. But that's, that's the game. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. We won't go on about it again, because no. we always go there on you about go. it. Next cool. question, then. Uh, Andy Seal wants to know if there are any games we used to like play and be good at, but now we can't play them at all. So have we gotten worse as gamers? Yeah. Street, street Everything. Fire. I would say... Um, I, was tr- I picked up uh, the Mega Drive collection on the PSP, whatever mm. it's called. I'm like, trying to play Vector Man and stuff mm. now. Man, some of those 2D platformers on the I, Mega Drive. I heard, someone, I heard someone saying that, and I was reading it on a forum the other day, saying they were, they were, what were they playing? Oh, someone, I think it was on our forum. Someone was saying he was playing Sonic... Sonic oh, maybe it was the guy who asked this question. But he was saying, I was playing <laughs> Sonic 2. I think it was yeah, this I guy, think actually. Yeah, And he was saying, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with him. It's, we, were, we were harder in those days. We were tougher. We were made of strongest mm. things. And it's like I was saying about Ninja Gaiden, actually. It comes back to what I was saying. It's actually nice to play a game. Not at first. It was really irritating. It was nice to actually have to get good at a game because it makes it so much more rewarding. But I think, again, there's so much more games now. It's easy to get them. They're cheaper. So, you know, it, you, you kind of don't want necessarily that kind of hardcore challenge. I've got worse at all games. Yeah. Full stop. But if you weren't, we couldn't derive such joy from, being, right. we beat, from beating you at them. So... Because I used to be the man at Pez, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I used to be the I used to be the man at a load of games, but not anymore. I'm <laughs> useless, as we as we've seen with Bioshock. But you must have also realised with age that it doesn't matter. I oh, know it doesn't. Uh, listen, Rob, don't keep me up at night. Mm. I don't like. Oh no, the guys <laughs> in the office are better at games than me. But, but hey, that's know. what I'm like if I lose at football. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I think it, I think in a way it brings its extra special pleasure because when you do when I do beat one of you it just like it's just like I can retire on that like I've retired on Dying beat, off it for years. That's right. I beat Pellet three times on the trot on Pez and I literally haven't played it for two months so, <laughs> so I can say that I'm unbeaten. <laughs> and then when I try to to play it again, Hoodie's taking it home. That's so right. Yeah. The, the, on your orders, on your express <laughs> order. The disc had mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> uh, right. Last question then. Uh, it's by Flying Penguin eighteen. Um, best question we've ever ever had on this podcast. Good question. He wants to know if tomorrow the T virus broke out in Bath, what game army will we want to save us? I, you know, e.g., the Rainbow Six that Squad. Is, that is a good one. Yeah. I'm going to leap right in there and say the Lemmings. That, that, that's a crazy <laughs> that, idea. That well-known game <laughs> army. 
I just figured I'd just unleash millions of lemons. You just unleash them and then they just literally walk off the nearest edge. That's brilliant, Rob. What a, what a master tactician you are. Old General Schwarzkopf over there. Just call me Eisenhower. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, I'm, listen, I don't, have to, I don't have to expand on my answer. You're going to go to hell. Me and my lemmings are going to save the day. I'm trying to think, really. I'd get an, oh, what's his name? Frank or whatever from Dead Rising. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, as long as you're in his pants, eh, Pallet? In his pants with his, uh, with his camera. Yeah. I this... like the Brothers in Arms Bazooka Squad. They're awesome. Yeah, but do you need bazookas against zombies? I don't, I don't think you do. Well, you do blow them apart quite a bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then, like, like they can still come at you in bits. Oh, it's getting a bit geeky. I'll tell you what I'd get. I'd get one of the, the old Final Fantasy squads or someone from Lost Odyssey, Janssen or something, just to cast Cure on them. I'd or, get or throw a few Phoenix Downs their way. That'll work. I get that guy from Soldier of Fortune because he just literally dismembered them all. What about the Left for Dead bunch? Yeah. yeah, that's actually a good idea, really. Yeah, <laughs> considering, <laughs> <best> <laughs> idea. <laughs> considering they're an army, you fight zombies. I'm, yeah. I'm just a bit offended you didn't like my lemmings idea. No, it's rubbish. I just don't see how it'd work. They'd run like, in between the zombies. It's and one of the worst away. ideas I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> they all jump in the river. What about the little pickaxe ones? They could get them in the feet and stuff. I hate lemons. lemons don't actually have... Oh. I didn't lemons like, do have pickaxes. I didn't like well. lemons. In the immediate I've never been a big fan of lemons. Do you not? No, the game, no. It's a great game. I didn't like it back in the day. I never, I never got... I never understood the infatuation with it. I liked it, but I was really young at the time, and... I was All right, quite stop going on about how young you are. Young you are. <laughs> it's like I really, young and virile. Oh, I was born in 1990. <laughs> but it was really disturbing. There was like a noose thing, and if your lemmings walked into the noose, they'd like be hanged yeah, and yeah. die. Did it hurt, I did found it, it really upsetting. Did it hurt your feelings? It did. I went back on Chuck Ross did you, instead. Did, most of my friends just used to just, just load the game up, press the execute button, and then just laugh. <laughs> and yeah. went, oh, no, and, and why, why, when you made the blocker lemmings, could you not unblock them? You could in lemmings too, but in the first one, you had to blow them up. I don't want to see that. I don't have the answers to that. But, but I actually think that's that's kind of cool thing because you, the whole aim is to get the percentage over, and you have to make sacrifices. I know, but I don't want to sacrifice them. I want to save them. You're At such least... a wet, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> right on that bombshell, <laughs> we're going to uh, say goodbye. So thanks for listening. Uh, the mag's out Wednesday, so definitely pick it up because it's a cracker. And if you've got any questions, whack them on the um, whack them on the forum, and remember to vote for me while you're there. Or also me. send us more letters because our letters page is still, uh, you know. We've had some good ones over the past. We have. We've had some great letters, but we just don't quite have enough. I just want to. I want to. You know. I want to be a bit more judicious about my choices. Yeah. Um, And we'll see you next time.